Welcome to another episode of the SaaS Podcast. I'm your host, Omar Khan, and this is the show where I interview proven founders and industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights to help you build, launch, and grow your SaaS business. Now, before I introduce today's guest, I want to ask you a question. Is there someone that you'd like me to interview on this podcast? Is there a person, product, story that you want to hear more about? Well, I'd love to hear from you. Just send me a tweet at Omer Khan, O-M-E-R-K-H-A-N, and I will do my best to get that person on the show. All right. Today's interview is part two of the interview with Josh Pickford of Bear Metrics. In episode 48, we explored how Josh took his business from nothing to $30,000 a month in recurring revenue. In this episode, we're going to get tactical and learn how Josh uses content marketing to grow his business. We'll talk about why he hates the term content marketing, and we'll get an over-the-shoulder view of what he does on a day-to-day basis to produce high-quality content that attracts new customers and revenue. There's a world where your CRM is powerful, easily configured, and deeply intuitive. Atio makes that a reality. Atio is built specifically for the next generation of companies. It syncs with your data sources, easily configures to their unique structures, and works for any go-to-market motion from self-serve to sales-led. Atio automatically enriches your contacts, syncs your emails and calendar, gives you powerful reports, and lets you quickly build Zapier-style automations. The next generation of companies deserve more than an inflexible, one-size-fits-all CRM. Join 11 Labs, Replicate, Modal, and more, and scale your startup to the next level. Get your free account at atio.com. That's A-T-T-I-O dot com. Hey, are you struggling to grow your SaaS business? As a SaaS founder, you know that having the right tools is crucial for growing your SaaS business effectively. But with so many options, choosing the best ones for your needs can be overwhelming. That's where the SaaS toolkit comes in. This handy guide covers the 12 essential types of tools you need to supercharge your growth. Inside, you'll find a detailed look at tools successful SaaS startups have used to scale to seven figures and beyond. It gives you specific examples and makes practical recommendations to help you choose the right tools for your SaaS business. Don't miss out. Visit thesastoolkit.com to download your free copy and unlock faster growth for your SaaS business. That's thesastoolkit.com. So with that, let's get back to the interview. Okay, let's talk about content marketing. Now, from what I've you know seen, you you spend um, you know a fair amount of your time uh, you know doing content marketing. So I, I wanted to just spend some time learning from you in terms of how you've gone about doing that, um, some of the lessons you've learned along the way, and then what our listeners can kind of take away from that and apply that in their own businesses. So to start off, can you just tell me a little bit about um, the kind of things that you've been doing over the last uh, year or so to to really get the word out about Bear Metrics? Sure. So um, I think content marketing kind of has it does for me have a a, a negative connotation because I like I when I think content marketing I I picture like BuzzFeed style ten things that you won't believe that will grow your business. I mean like <laughs> just create like just junk you know and stuff that that anyone on the planet can pump out. Um, so. 
I, I kind of cringe a little bit when I think content marketing, but I think the our approach has been um, to not do that kind of stuff and instead just talk about the stuff that kind of we only we are uh, sort of uniquely capable of talking about. And so, I mean, in that instance, it's my experience as a founder um, and not, not necessarily that all the stuff that I write has huge insight um, as much as it's just sort of a, an outpouring of the stuff that I've been uh, working on or trying or failing at. And, and I think that that, kind of hits a nerve with the, the kind of people that would be bare metrics customers, which are other entrepreneurs, you know? So um, I think that's worked really well for us uh, is just writing stuff that nobody else could really write about, um, or at least not from our perspective. And, and I think that kind of, you know, strikes a chord with, with other people. Can you give me an example of something that you've, you've produced recently? So um, I, like most recently, or at least in the past few weeks, like we wrote about how we spent the the half of that five hundred thousand um, dollars in, in investment money within a few months, and so you know the mistakes we made around that and how we spent it and that kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, that's that's a, that's a pretty classic example. Um, I wrote about how we we did, we did a retreat for our whole team. We're all remote, and uh, so I wrote about how we did a startup retreat back in January, and and all that went into that, how much we spent and how we organized it and all this kind of stuff that, you know, hadn't been written about much. So that kind of stuff. If you're, um, let's say you, you had a product, um, where your target customers weren't other entrepreneurs and, and maybe this was, this applied to maybe some of the other SaaS products that you had in the past, how how do you think you would have tackled this approach of of creating content then maybe I, maybe if those customers didn't really care that much about your founder story what would you have done then maybe right well i think that's the problem is that content doesn't necessarily need to be around the subject matter of your product so like i had a survey uh a survey uh, platform that i was like what was a, one of the previous saas products that i had and um like some of the content that we had read around that was like how to make surveys or um, like we had, a, there was a customer satisfaction tool that, that I had and it would be about like how to make customers happier. And in reality, like it was too, I don't, I think the relationship between the content and the tool were trying to be too closely related. And instead we should have been writing about the things that um, I think help, help would have helped like our target market, you know, work better or, or to be more efficient. And I think like a kind of a classic example there is so buffer, you know, they've got this tool for queuing up content, um, on social networks. Right. So, but a lot of the content that they write, um, isn't about social networks or like managing social networks or anything like they write a lot of stuff about productivity, you know I mean? And, I think that's the kind of stuff that their customers want to read. So um, you have to, I think you have to look for a different type of connection to make than just thinking, oh, well, we have a product about dogs. So let's write a lot of content around dogs. Well, maybe there's, that's not the exact correlation that you should be going after, you know? Are there particular um, strategies or tactics that you've used to, to figure out 
what your target customers care about to help you sort of hone your the content that you create? No, I mean, I almost, I mean, I, I very specifically tried to not spend a lot of time uh, figuring out exactly what it is that customers would want to read. Because I think if I start writing just to have, like, like our blog is not our product. Um, and so it's not like I'm trying to build articles around what, uh, around what somebody might want to read about. I mean, to some extent, if somebody says like, Hey, if I find some people are asking lots of the same questions to me via email, then it's like, okay, that, that can make for a good article. But for the most part, it's, it's this outpouring of like what I happen to be experiencing at the time. Um, and so it's very not forced. And I think that's one of the reasons that it works so well is that it's, it's honest and it's just this, like, here's what my experience has been, take it or leave it. And, uh, and I think like that, that honesty, I think it kind of strikes a chord for people. Okay. But, but, you know, as you said, you know, a lot of the times you don't have to necessarily create content, which is, you know, tied, um, you know, at the hip with the, 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 the product. So hypothetically, let's say if I had a product, which was, um, I don't know, some kind of SaaS product for doctors, right? Mm-hmm. What advice would you have for me in terms of going out and saying, okay, here's the kind of content that you should be thinking about? Um, I mean, I think like the problem, so I would say what you shouldn't do is just create, you know, a massive amount of content around necessarily, you know, okay, so like say illnesses or something. Like that may not be what the doctor's after. So if you've got a product for doctors, like maybe writing stuff about, uh, I mean, it could be, you know, how to further your education as a doctor, or maybe, you know, is it related to how to manage customers better or um, how to build a team or something like that? I don't know. I mean, I, I think that, I think that's the, the problem is it's hard to, build like when you try to build sort of this content marketing strategy i think the only people that can can really do that are um the people who are like intimately familiar with that industry and i I think like that's it's hard to come up with this uh plan or method that works across industry um because i think every single one of them is different and you just have to like keep trying stuff until something sticks and uh, but I think it's most it's more important to write stuff that other people can't duplicate. Um, I think that's probably the bigger deal is is you just need to produce stuff that some some ghostwriter like journalist can't produce the next day. You know, how, how much time do you spend writing content in a typical week? So typically, it's about twenty five percent of my time. Um, so I'll, I'll usually. Um, I've been taking a break the past couple of weeks, but typically uh, we try to publish on a Wednesday. And so like a Tuesday morning, I'll basically, or I'll spend basically like all of a Tuesday and part of Wednesday um, writing, uh, getting it proofread, you know, getting the images together. Uh, we've been recording a podcast that goes along with each article lately. And so I'll record that and just kind of the whole process there, about 25% of my time. And then do you have like um, 
kind of like a backlog of ideas that you work on or or do you sort of sit down every Tuesday morning and say, okay, I'm going to spend a little bit of time brainstorming and, and coming up with the idea for this week? It kind of depends. I mean, I I do have a, a big backlog of ideas. Um, and a lot of times what will happen is like Monday, I'll have picked the article idea out and then Tuesday, I'll wake up and be like, ah, I don't really want to write. I don't want to write about that. And I'll pick something else on the <laughs> spot. Or or like I'll think of something complete that I had not thought of before and start writing about it. Or I'll start writing about the idea that I had picked and then realize this is this just doesn't work and pick some other idea. Um it's it's not nearly as organized as I would like for it to be. Now, you know, from reading some of the stuff that you've created, uh it, you know, you it sort of seemed to me like this was something you enjoyed doing and it, it seemed to come fairly naturally to you. Is it something that you, that you find pretty easy to do? Uh, you mean like writing the content? Writing content, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the hardest part is starting. Uh, you know, it's easy. It's staring at a blank word processing page and waiting for it to turn into, you know, 1,200 words. Uh, I think that's the most daunting part. After I kind of get started and I've written the first couple paragraphs, it's, it comes relatively naturally. Um, after that. So, yeah. And I've got, I mean, some of my, my background, I, I used to run a tech publication for a few years. And so I've, I've got a decent amount of experience with producing content. Can you walk me through a, a little bit of the process that you go through when you, when you write, do you, you know, do you, um, do, do you do some kind of outline? Do you mind map? Do you, do you just start writing straight away? What's the process that you go through? Sure. So a lot of times I actually try to write the headline first. Um, and, and it usually gets tweaked a little bit by the, by the time all is said and done. But for me, like the headline sums up the, the thing that is interesting that would make somebody want to read it. Um, because in reality, like that's, if, if the headline is not engaging, um, and doesn't seem to speak to what somebody might want to read about, then it might not be worth writing about. So, um, so I usually write a couple of headlines um, and then just start writing. I'll, I Sometimes I'll do big out high level, uh, like the headlines, you know, and subheaders within an article just to kind of get an outline. Um, but for the most part, I just, I just start just like, yeah, writing as fast as I can. And, and then typically how long does it take you to get that first version done? Uh, anywhere from... Uh, probably the fastest I could get a first version done is about an hour. Um, I think the longest it took me, there was one article a while back that, that I had written. I mean, I spent a couple of hours writing it. Uh, I recorded, so like recorded an audio version of it for the podcast. And then that evening, so my wife will proofread stuff. Um, and she read, she read it and she's like, this, this just doesn't make any sense, Josh. (laughs) <laughs> like, oh no. And then like, you're right. It doesn't. And so that was about like eight o'clock at night. And I redid the whole thing over the next couple of hours. And that was, that was brutal. But I think the, what came out was a lot better. But so that was like this, that was a process where I spent basically an entire day's worth of time just writing and then rewriting. And and then do, do you write directly in the, the WordPress um, interface or do you have like tools that you use? So we, we don't use WordPress, um, but I have, um, what is the name of that writing app I use? It's called, oh, Ulysses. 
Um, it's a Mac app. Um, and it's, but it's like a sort of a minimalist writing app that I can, you know, full screen it and focus in on just writing. Okay. So you you get the content published every week and then, um, what are the sort of steps you guys go through to promote that content once it's published? Yeah. So we have, uh, we have a, a newsletter on the blog that, you know, you can drop in your email address on, um, and then all of our customers. So between the newsletter, our customers, and then our, my personal Twitter account, and then the Barometrics Twitter account, um, that's kind of what we share everything across. I mean, we have a Facebook and a LinkedIn page too, but those are kind of useless. But um, I, that's the most part is we just, we get it all queued up to send out a newsletter in the morning. And then uh, between, probably about six tweets uh, across a couple of different accounts. And that's, that's basically it. So the, the podcast that you uh, record, is that just uh, a, a, you know, an audio version exactly word for word of the, of the article that you published? Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I'll occasionally add some additional commentary on certain bits. Um, But for the most part, it's kind of, uh, it started because I, uh, in the past year I've kind of gotten, I've gotten um, more into listening to podcasts. And one thing that always, uh, I, I enjoy listening to podcasts, but I don't enjoy listening to really long ones. And I, I think a lot of times the tech podcasts, I mean, there's some that are like two hours long and it's just, it's, they're the worst. So, um, <laughs> and, and I just, so I wanted something that was bite size you know, most of these uh, are less than 10 minutes. And I mean, you, you know, you, you listen to that at one and a half or two times speed and you can knock that thing out in no time. So um, that's kind of, it was sort of self-serving in the sense that I figured I would like, I wish that there was a podcast, a business podcast like that because I don't listen to business or tech podcasts for the most part because they're all so stinking long. So um, that was, yeah, I knew that there were different ways that people like to consume content. So it's relatively easy to produce those. And so that's what we do. And how's that working for you right now in terms of, um, uh, you know, the popularity of the yeah. of posts versus podcasts? Yeah, I mean, I, there's it. The podcast listener listen count is, I mean, pales in comparison to the blog itself. Um, and I think it's it's kind of hard to quantify it. Uh, you know, it's you can't really tell. Like, did somebody find? the bare metrics site or the product because of the podcast, who knows, but you know, it takes relatively small amount of time for me and it's sort of a, a, a new distribution channel and the feedback that I get every time we post something is, you know, people saying, Oh, I love, I, I'm glad you have the audio version, you know? Um, so it's, it's sort of like, it's easy to produce. So I figure why not? And, and how much of your time do you spend, um, you know, guest posting or getting content published in other places. Are you, are you still doing that? Zero, none. Um, okay. I, can't, I, I, I hadn't seen one for a while. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't, there's, there's a couple of people who I have told I will write a guest post for us. haven't gotten around to it. Um, I th- a lot of, it's, it's hard for me to get motivated to write guest posts for other people. Cause I'm like, well, I could, I could post that on our own blog. Um, and it's hard to find people that have the exact sort of audience that we're after. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of hit or miss. And it, 
I'm trying to not spend as much. I mean, 25% of my time just on content is already too much. So um, I'm trying to scale back some. And and is it is it proving to be a a, a useful channel for acquiring new customers? Or? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's 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 the number one method, along with I mean, maybe closely followed by or probably it might be tied with word of mouth, but um, it drives a ton of traffic and and customers for sure. Okay, so even though you're sharing the the content primarily with people on your list who maybe you know a, a significant chunk of those are already your customers and people following you on Twitter who are already f- aware of the product because they're yep. following you, uh, it's st- it's still turning out to be a good way for you to reach new customers, presumably because people are sharing this content with other people as well. That's exactly it, right? It's, you know, people post it on Reddit or Hacker News or they, you know, they tweet about it themselves and, or, you know, it'll end up in other uh, newsletters or, I mean, like, I think founders as a sort of a market, um, founders in general are really good about sharing stuff. And, uh, so once they, if they find something that's super useful, they're super quick to share it themselves. So, you know, it kind of self-perpetuates. Okay, great. Um, all right, Josh, it's time for our lightning round. I'm going to ask you uh, a series of questions and I'd like you to answer them as quickly as you can. Are you ready? All right, ready. Great. What's the best piece of business advice that you ever received? Uh, under promise and over deliver. What book would you recommend to our audience and why? Uh, the War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. What's one attribute or characteristic in your mind of a successful entrepreneur? Uh, the ability to make something out of nothing. What's your favorite personal productivity tool or habit? Waking up early, like 5 a.m. early. What time do you go to sleep? Uh, like maybe nine. I'm an old man. <laughs> well, you have kids, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> um, so if you had to start over tomorrow, what type of business would you go and build? I don't know. I was thinking about this one. I, I mean, honestly, I'm really happy with the path I'm on. Uh, but I always I have like a soft spot in my heart for um, anything analog, like uh, like like uh, farming. I think I would like. I don't know. Part of me thinks in a different life I would be a farmer. You know, I I was watching the this movie yesterday. Uh, what was it called? Um, Ingredients. Uh, oh yeah, which is a documentary about this sort of. Um, you know how how farmers aren't even classified as a occupation anymore. They fall into the so the, tiny the other category because they're like yeah. less than one percent. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know how 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 kind of important that's becoming now, and that there's more and more of a demand for people to wanting to eat locally produced yep. foods and stuff like that. So maybe there's a business opportunity there. Maybe so. <laughs> All right. What's an interesting or fun fact about you that most people don't know? Um, I, I built and ran a popular social network for, wait for it, uh, pug owners, pugspot.com. All right. And, um, finally, what is one of your most important passions outside of your work? So I kind of off the farming bit, uh, gardening, I have a a substantial garden and then I, I like to do a lot of woodworking. Great. 
Josh, uh, I want to thank you for joining me today and, and sharing your experience and insights with our audience. And thank you for letting us get to know you a little better personally as well. Now, if folks want to find out more about Bearmetrics, uh, they can go to, you have Bearmetrics.com now as well as well as IO, right? Right. Everything goes to the .com now. So yeah, okay. Bearmetrics.com. When did you get that, by the way? So I bought it. I, I was able to acquire it back in, I think it was September. And then I think about a month ago, four or six weeks ago, we, we made the switch from the .io to the .com. How much did you have to pay for that? $616. Wow. It was a steal. Wow. Yeah, I spoke to uh, Peter Coppinger, who um, is the CEO of Teamwork. Uh, they're, they're an Irish-based uh, SaaS business. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had been working on, I think it was TeamworkPM.net or something like that. And they wanted to get the domain Teamwork.com. Sure. And they ended up having to pay... I think it was close to three quarters of a million dollars to get that. Insane! It was unreal. Well, I and I spent the better part of a year, kind of trying to get it. I would randomly email the whoever was on the the guy that was on the Who Is uh, info, and I never heard back. And uh, ended up using GoDaddy's domain buying service uh, or brokerage to do it because the domain happened to be registered at, at GoDaddy, and it worked. I, I mean, within a, like. Uh, I think it was probably a couple of days of me making a bid. I think I put my high bid as like five. I, would, I said I would spend up to five thousand on it, and uh, got it for six hundred bucks plus some fees. So that was a steal. And and the rate so that you guys are growing at that that price would probably well, go up every year. What was crazy was like this was after we had announced the five hundred thousand dollars in funding. So like the guy who owned the domain, if he had done a single Google search. Would have seen that I had five hundred thousand dollars in my pocket. <laughs> I could have, wow. I could have spent substantially more than <laughs> six hundred bucks on a domain. <laughs> All right. So if you want to check out Bearmetrics, get to bearmetrics.com. And if folks want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, Josh at bearmetrics.com or hit me up on Twitter at Spigford. How do you spell that? S H P I G F O R D. Oh, S H. Okay. Cool. I should know that I'm following you. <laughs> I, I don't know anybody's Twitter handles either, so it's fine. <laughs> All right. Great. Josh, thank you. And I wish you continued success. All right. Thanks for having me on, Omer. Cheers. There's a world where your CRM is powerful, easily configured, and deeply intuitive. Atio makes that a reality. Atio is built specifically for the next generation of companies. It syncs with your data sources, easily configures to their unique structures, and works for any go-to-market motion from self-serve to sales-led. Atio automatically enriches your contacts, syncs your emails and calendar, gives you powerful reports, and lets you quickly build Zapier-style automations. The next generation of companies deserve more than an inflexible, one-size-fits-all CRM. Join 11 Labs, Replicate, modal, and more, and scale your startup to the next level. Get your free account at atio.com. That's A-T-T-I-O dot com. 
Attention SaaS founders, are you determined to scale your B2B business to that coveted million dollar ARR milestone? I've got something that can help you get there faster. Introducing the SaaS Club newsletter, your weekly companion on the journey to SaaS success. Packed with proven strategies, practical insights, and exclusive interviews with B2B SaaS founders who've been where you are, this newsletter is your ticket to accelerated growth. Each week, in just five minutes, you'll gain access to a treasure trove of growth tactics, lessons learned, and insider tips to help you navigate the challenges of the early stages and scale your business to to seven figures and beyond. So why wait? Become part of a 4,000 plus strong community of SaaS founders and entrepreneurs who are already harnessing these insights to drive their growth. Visit sasclub.io slash newsletter and subscribe to the SaaS Club newsletter today. Gain the support and expertise you need to keep forging ahead on your SaaS journey.